morning, everyone. <laughs> uh, for those of y'all who don't know me, my name is Mason. I'm a leader here at DBSM. I'm with the first grade private homeschool guys. You'll see them over there. <laughs> but yeah, I've been here around at Den Bible for a while. But today, I would like to kind of share with y'all a little bit about some of my family. I have these two cousins that are just they're adorable. One of them's three and one year old. Her name is Jake and Taylor. And it's hilarious because my the older one, Jake, he just he always is talking to his sister like, "Hey, sharing is caring." It's like his phrase. Like anytime that he gets a cool new toy, it's like, "Sharing is caring." And he goes over there and wants to play with it. And he, you know, she doesn't want to share. He's just it's her toy. It's like, why should she share? But Jake's like, "But I want to play with these toys." So you're not going to share them. I'm just going to take them from you. And that all the toys are going to be mine. And she'll just go steal from, like, basically take the toys for her own stuff. Well, we look at that and we're like, well, what happened to sharing is caring? Because his heart wasn't like, his heart wasn't in it to share. He was just wanting to play with the toys because they looked cool. He didn't care, he could care less about sharing. And you could see that, like, in his, behind it was his heart. His desire was to play with the toys. And when he couldn't do that, he just went in on his own and took them. Today we're going to look at Cain and Abel and kind of see something similar playing out here in Genesis 4. So if we'll open up here to the beginning of chapter verses 1 and 2. I should have it on the slide up there. Uh, now man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain and said, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about the fall of man. And so if you, oh, are you working? Cool. So if you remember last week, we talked about how Adam and Eve, like, they sinned, and that there was a curse placed on all of creation. But there was also that promise that between the seed of woman and the seed of the serpent that God would send someone to crush his head, you remember, and Eve was like, well, here's my son, this must be him, right, but it wasn't, and then she had another child, Abel, Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was the tiller of the ground, so we see here they grew up, they worked in their jobs, and we're moving on to verse 3, so came about in the course of that time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. And Abel on his part also brought the firstlings of his flock and their fat portions. See, they're both bringing up to God what they have worked for. Like, this is their livelihood. They both worked hard for these things. And they're bringing them to offer to God. And the Lord had regard for Abel. But for Cain and his offering, like, and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. Now what that means, like, to regard his offering, like, it means that he, God had no regard. He just looked over it. I'm sure Cain's thinking, he's like, what do you, what do you mean you don't care for my offering? Am I not doing the same thing that my brother's doing? I worked hard for this fruit. Heck, I even worked harder. Do you know how hard it is to till open the ground and plant these things and, like, keep helping? He just stands and stares at sheep. He's like, I'm better than him. Why would you not care for my offering? So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. That just means like his expression just dropped. 
like he's just what's why are you doing this god i'm better than abel why would you say no and it's because he cain wasn't trying to be there to please god his true desire his heart was well i want to be better than abel you know my mom thinks that i might be the promised child like i'm the best i'm better than my little brother then the Lord said to Cain, well, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, and will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and it's desirous for you. You must master it. And you see, God sees it. Like, he knows it right. He's like, the reason I don't accept it is because your heart isn't right. Like, you're doing the physical action, but your heart is seeking something else. You don't, you don't actually want to share with me. You want to just take the toys and leave uh it's just where we see that like the desire like the desire of the heart is where your actions will follow and following into verse eight cain told his brother abel and it came about when they were in the field that cain he rose up against abel and his brother and killed him and that's where we see it we see his heart was not right that he sought to give his offerings not to please God, but to be better than Abel, and when he couldn't be better than Abel, then I'll just eliminate the competition. I can't be better, I can't be worse than a dead guy, right? But that's not how it works. Like, sin doesn't do any good. see here continuing what happens as a result of that sin and verses 11 and continue like 11 and continuing like now you are cursed from the ground with opened mouth to receive your brother's blood from your loins and when you cultivate the ground it will no longer yield its strength to you and you will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth and you see sin doesn't just you know lead to the terrible things that we do like killing your brother or stealing or whatever you might do but well sin blocks us from our very purpose of what we do like Cain was no longer able to do the very thing that he had done for his whole life that the ground would no longer produce fruit that well what are we supposed to do now we are severed from our purpose and then also in verse 16 it says like Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and we are separated not just from what our purpose in life is, but we're separated from the very presence of God. That sin drives a wedge in each of us. Like there's so much, so much more than just an act of disobedience. It is an act of death. Like, like to read James one, like in James one fourteen and fifteen, it says, "But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust." And then when that lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. It's not meaning like the physical death. I mean, Cain was still alive. And had God even said, you will not die. Like you will go be a wanderer of the earth. But it's a spiritual death that we are no longer able to enjoy the presence of God. And continuing on, you just see like increasing corruption in the world like descendants you get down and there's just less and less God 
bragging about healing people. Chapter, chapter 6, and that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent and thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Like this wickedness of the evil continues to grow. It doesn't just stop at the one thing, but it just gets worse and worse. And the separation between us and God gets worse and worse. But the separation is the end. Like, there is a, just because you have sinned and have that separation does not mean that you are now forever banished from the presence of God, that you will uh, be a wanderer who lost his purpose, who lost in life and die. But again, going back, God made a promise in the Garden of Eden that the seed of the man will crush the serpent's head. And that man was not any of these people, humans, like Cain or Abel or even we're moving on to like Noah, but he sent his very own son, Jesus, and die on the cross for us. And if we've gone, like, heard, probably all of you have heard before, but John 3, 16, such an important verse that for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus bridged the gap from us, from God to us, that we are now able through him that if we do have our desires, for our desires are for him, we can now change that and be able to turn back to God. There's no, no longer just a path of death, but we now have life again. can we do that? How can we have a heart that is after the Lord that's not just doing it just because? Well, I feel like it really starts just in prayer. Like, if we're really upset as believers, like, God, you do love me despite me just sitting in the cold for 15 years. Pray that your desires will for the Lord will change and close us all in prayer. Father God, I thank you for all of these students that you've brought here today. And I pray that you would make known the desires of their hearts and help us change them to desire you, Lord. I thank you for your son, for who you sent to us to bridge that gap and be able to bring us home, Lord. And even whenever we do our foolish thing, Lord, we still have a hope in you. In your name I pray, amen.